Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast, Season 3. I'm Rob Shear, the founder of Comfort Cases and your host. Together, we have made such a difference in the world. We've met with leaders and change makers in the foster care system. We've met with charities and philanthropists, celebrities, authors, and so much more. We'll continue to bring you guests who will share how together, as a community, we can bring about change. Welcome once again to Fostering Change. Wow, it is so hard to believe that we are already in the springtime of 2022. You know, again, there's been so much of a mirror of 2021 that it just all keeps rolling together. But I will tell you, I have been so fortunate throughout the years to meet some incredible, as I say, good humans. And my next guest... Wow, I think that I am a lucky person because I actually get to call her my friend. So I see her all over social media. Um, and I always, I even say to my kids, which is so funny, just yesterday I was showing my kids, um, one of her amazing videos. And my, my son, Makai says, Dad, she has so many followers. I, was like, I know. And I was like, but what she's doing is educating our community. Ladies and gentlemen, please, I would like to give you a warm welcome to my friend, Brittany Burcham. Brittany, welcome to Fostering Change. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I know. And this isn't actually the first time that you've been on our <laughs> podcast. And actually, you're one of the only people that I've had on twice. Um, and it's because I absolutely love what you do. I love your story. First of all, congratulations on the engagement. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Very so exciting. I, uh, I love, you know, you and I both are social media people and, and our, our lives are open books um, when it comes to the s- social media, the good and the bad. But you know what? For those who had, did, have not listened to the last podcast um, when you were on before, let's back up a little bit and talk about exactly how you got to where you were at. But what, by the way, she used to be in Maryland, um, but how you got to where you are and the number of followers that you have on Instagram and TikTok and the message that you're trying to give. Yeah. So I actually started in Maryland as a court appointed special advocate. I literally Googled, how can I help kids in foster care without fostering? Because as those in the DC area may know, it's very expensive to have a two bedroom anything. Uh, So I wasn't uh, quite able to foster at that point. So I looked for ways to get involved. So I started as a CASA and that's when I discovered comfort cases for the first time and got to come volunteer with you guys and do some drives and all of that and got to really learn more about the foster care system. So when I moved back home to Alabama, um, which was about three years ago, I immediately looked into fostering and I decided based on my experiences as a CASA, where I was assigned a 13 year old girl, I didn't know anything about teens when I was a CASA, but after uh, almost three years with her, when I, when it came time to foster, I was like, I want to foster teens because they're a lot cooler than I thought. Um, And it really just, I think it will work better with, you know, my life and what I can give. And so um, I became an emergency and respite uh, foster care provider, mainly focused on preteens and teens. So I get kids when they first come into the system on their first night, uh, if they're transitioning between homes, um, if, you know, they're transitioning back home, uh, there's a lot of ways that I, you know, have kids come into my home and I've 
been doing this now for over two years, two and a half years now. And it is just been the most incredible experience. And then in 2021, I, one of my kids actually encouraged me. She was like, you know, Brittany, I see a lot of foster parents on TikTok, but they're all like babies and like little ones. You need to do one about like fostering teens. And I was like, nobody wants to watch that. And she goes, I think they would. I think they would. So I started this account called Foster the Teens just with the goal of kind of breaking those stereotypes of what people think fostering teens is like um, and encouraging people to consider becoming foster parents for teens or getting involved um, in the lives of teens in foster care. And it kind of just blew up unexpectedly and has opened so many additional doors to serve kids and and be able to find new ways to, to support kids in care. You know, I I will tell you, like I said, I follow you. I love all the content that you put out there. I think that you do something that I have always wanted someone to do, which is be real. Um, You know, you put the good and the bad and remind people that kids are in a system because of a choice that someone else made. You know, just the other day, I actually um, was watching one of your videos um, and you were talking about the whole drug situation and how, you know, the, 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 the drug babies that they call them or how, how our vocabulary is so screwed up within our system because immediately we think foster and we think bad. We think, you know, drug addicted babies or kids that are never going to be able to do anything. Um, you know, how is it felt being in the limelight um, and knowing that you, what you do say is very controversial, by the way. I mean, you, you got, you, you know better than I, anybody, social workers do not want us to tell the real, the real and me, right. ne- and neither does anybody else, especially if you're a foster parent, how are you dealing with that? Um, you know, I knew as my follower count started to grow and, I started putting out some more controversial things. I even, I mean, I told, he was my boyfriend at the time, but I told him, I said, you know, I'm about to publish this video that's probably going to make a lot of people mad. And it was my stance against for-profit foster facilities um, and and how angry I was that people were making money uh, at the expense of kids in crisis. And so I knew that publishing that and knowing that I live in a state that has a lot of for-profit foster uh, opportunities would probably maybe get me in trouble. Um, And I, I got a little bit of, you know, feedback from, you know, people who, who were like, well, we don't have enough foster homes. So why can't we just do, you know, for profit and, uh, and that kind of thing. And I got a little bit, and then I started to get into more controversial things, but honestly, I talk about the stuff that upsets me about things that go on. You know, when I have girls come back from runaway and the next day I have to take them for a pelvic exam, um, when they're just coming back and, you know, have, have been through a lot of trauma sometimes on the street, sometimes unimaginable trauma that, that, that comes all back, uh, when I have to take them for, for a, you know, intensive exam or something and making videos about that and knowing that I'm going to get feedback. But I think it's one thing to talk about the issues. And I think I want people to debate me on the issues, right? I, I don't have all the answers. And there are times that people come to me and is like, well, actually in this situation, this, this was a good thing. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's the kind of feedback I want. But what you're, I don't think you can ever mentally prepare for, and you probably know this too, are, are the personal attacks, right? The, the personal attacks on you as a human, 
questioning your intents, questioning your ability um, to to foster kids, um, and and then the names that people throw at you. And as much as you like to think, you know, they're just words, they roll off your back, they they start to get to you. Um, they cut, they, you they cut, my friend, they cut. They cut deep. And it starts to make you question yourself, like, maybe I'm not the best person to be fostering teens. You know, if people are, you know, saying these things, what am I doing? You know, do I really know enough? You know, and you start questioning yourself and it starts to take a toll on you. And I found myself in the last week or so, um, really dreading opening up my social media, um, dreading opening up my messages, just waiting for the next person to come after me, um, for whatever post they were upset about. And I found myself, you know, crying at little things and, and finding myself kind of distancing and closing off to the people I love. And I was like, this, this is not me. This is not who I'm, and this is not what my kids deserve. So, you know, as of yesterday, I've taken a couple of days break from social media and from posting because I was just like, I got to, I got to get the mental space so that I can take care of kids. And I can't do that when I'm constantly got this anger or got this feeling. I, I need to work through that so I can be the best human um, for the people I'm supposed to be taking care of. So I think it's something that's not talked about enough when influencer status just happens to you. You know, I've been doing this less than a year. And I say now, I'm like, I could have never been a celebrity. I could have never been any kind of movie star because they would be like interviewing me and I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know why I do that. You know? Like, it's well, I will tell you, you're definitely my movie star. And um, <laughs> I, I consider you very famous. And, you know, but I totally know how you feel. And as a matter of fact, I ended up doing a, a post after your post because of your posts, um, okay. you know, because I, you know, this has been a pretty rough week for me and you and I, you know what it's like dealing with kids who are, you know, have been so traumatized and, you know, dealing with a system that is so shattered. Mm -hmm. um, and then I read your post and then it made me start thinking about, you know, gosh, you know, I can't allow somebody to stop having me tell my story and, and having someone tell me that that mountain's too high to climb and, and, and understanding that by what you're doing, by telling these kids, telling what is happening to these kids, you're educating a community, Brittany, that by the way, they do not know. I mean, we, you got, you of all people know they don't know. They think that the government's taking care of these kids. They're getting everything that they need. They think that you guys are, you know, as foster parents, we get this fat check and, um, and that's all yeah. bullshit. And excuse my language, but it's BS because I've watched you. I've watched you build your closet that you're building, um, that you build for these kids to come in. I was on a call the other day and I brought you up because I said, you want to talk about somebody who's doing it right? Who's doing it right? When, it, when one of these young teens come into your home, you welcome them home. The basket that you place on the bed, um, you know, because they're coming in in a time that, that you want to talk about trauma. I mean, you're getting kids in the middle of the night. Yeah. And on the worst day of their lives, on the absolute worst day of their lives. And, and that's kind of, um, you know, that people talk about emergency care and how it must be so easy. Just, you just take care of kids for a short amount of time. And I'm like, 
it is, but it's also, you're dealing with a person in complete crisis. You're dealing with so much confusion, not having answers for them. And it, and it can just be a lot. And, you know, my foster closet that I have here at my house, it's amazing how it's grown and developed based on the needs that have come in. You know, if you would have told me when I started my foster closet and I was just putting, you know, soap and, and honestly, my, the, what I put in my welcome basket is because of what I learned from comfort cases. Let's be honest. Like you guys uh, are the reason why um, I knew what needed to go in there. Um, so the toiletries and the journal and the, you know, something soft and, and the, those kind of pajamas, those kind of things I knew. Um, but what I didn't think through was things like underwear, you know, how many kids would come to me with one pair of underwear. I didn't think about, um, some of the, the other things that, that they forget, um, that they come without and, you know, having developed my foster closet over time and then looking and going, I'm only helping one kid at a time. And I'm looking at the list that come in. I just got a list this morning of kids who are still looking for permanent placement. And it's something like 12 to 13 kids a day that we're getting right now um, that we can't find placement for. I mean, from infant, I'm talking like less than a month old up to an 18 year old and everything in between. And we just don't have the placement. And I started thinking, I was like, you know, I can take one kid at a time, but there are other kids coming in that aren't going to get these welcome baskets because of where they're going to go. So I got to get back to the source. And so I worked with our DHR office, our child services office. And I was like, listen, would, would you be open if I kept this stocked? And thankfully, you know, I, I work with some great people at DHR and they were completely open to me taking over an entire storage closet um, and filling it with things, not only for those coming into care, because that's super important, but also to the kids who are aging out and or, or moving into the, the transitional living. I was like, can we get them some stuff too, like some basic stuff to move out on their own? So things like laundry detergent and, you know, stuff like that, that started to, to fill the closet too. Um, and I'm learning and growing. And the next step with the closet is actually, um, I, I realized that the kids who are sleeping at DHR right now, um, they don't have enough towels for them or washcloths and they're having to shower at DHR because that's really where they're living right now. And right now they're using beach towels or kind of old towels that the workers brought in that, you know, were kind of cleaning towels from their house. And I was like, yeah, we got to do better than that. So the next step um, in the foster closet is to start stocking things like towels and washcloths for the kids that are, that are staying at DHR offices, because we've got to start talking about these kids. We like to imagine that they don't exist. There aren't kids sleeping in motels, that there aren't kids sleeping on the floor of offices, but you, you know, as well as I do across this country, every single state has kids sleeping on the floor of a CPS office right now because of, you know, what's the shortage in um, foster homes due to COVID and things like that. So we've got to start thinking through, okay, yes, we need to fix this, right? We got to fix kids not sleeping on the floor, but those kids also deserve some dignity and, and love and things of their own and new things while they're trapped in a situation that they did not cause. So right. that's, that's the you're next, right. that's the next phase. <laughs> Let me tell you, you're right. And I love that. I love, gosh, I just love your passion. Listen, everybody, we're going to take a break. Um, as we take a break, I really want you to go to foster the teens. You can find my friend Brittany on TikTok, on Instagram. Um, go back, watch some of her older videos as well. It will give you a wealth of knowledge. And remember, there is no such thing as a bad kid. 
It's only a kid that needs to be redirected. We'll be right back. Comfort Cases is now partnered with Clean the World, an amazing organization dedicated to water, sanitation, and hygiene. Clean the World operates recycling centers across the world, Hong Kong, the Netherlands, Las Vegas, Orlando, and including our nation's capital. They are leading a global hygiene revolution. They are distributing recycled soap and hygiene products from more than 8,000 travel and hospitality partners. Clean the World has made the decision to donate hygiene products to comfort cases so we can place them in our cases. These products are so important to our youth that are entering foster care. You know, having their own brand new hygiene product really means a lot to them. These donations will truly give these kids an amazing feeling of self-worth. I want to thank you so much, Clean the World. And for more information on how you can donate, please visit their website at cleantheworld.org. You know, the whole reason that I started um, this podcast was to do exactly what Brittany and I are doing right now, and that is having conversations. Having conversations that can actually move the needle. Um, you know, when... My husband and I started Comfort Cases 10 years ago. Um, it was truly because we wanted to make sure that we were giving hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. Because as I say, these kids don't belong to me. They don't belong to you. They belong to us. And what my friend Brittany has done, Brittany, by you starting that closet in your home, but now going to um, your child welfare system and starting a closet there, making sure that we're talking about these kids who, by the way, are sleeping on the floor who are um, pushing two chairs together just so they can have a little bit of comfort, they are without. So, you know, a couple of things I want to do. Number one is I want to supply you and your closet um, at CPS with as many comfort cases as you need. So we will ship them out to you from birth all the way to the age of 19. You can take those cases, you can deconstruct them however you need them, but every single month, you are to go to comfortcases.org. You are to fill out the form. And I personally will make sure that no charge whatsoever, those cases will come to you. But then also what I want to do is I want those cases to come to your home. But then I personally, the shears, are going to go to Amazon and we are going to spend $1,000 in towels and washcloths that will be shipped out to you immediately um, to make sure that we are doing exactly what we should do. Because again, again we got to stop the talk. We got to do the walk, my love. And um, I'm getting chills because I'm telling you, you will not have to, again, worry about pajamas. You will not have to worry again about toiletries. I will make sure that you have feminine products for all of the girls that are coming in. I will make sure that your journals will be there. I will make sure that every child has their own blanket, their own stuffy. For every child that comes into your care and into your agency's care, I will provide a comfort case for them. They will never again have to use that money for any of those items because that's how we start helping the system. You know, and then again, as I said, the shears will personally be shipping out today um, from Amazon towels and washcloths for you to do as you need. Because you, my friend, you are the definition of a good human. You really are. Thank you. You did not tell me I was going to have to like cry on this, but um, 
you know, I know I use the word dignity a lot, right? I use the word dignity a lot because, because it matters. Um, and when I see kids come to me from CPS with towels that honestly, I probably would have donated to a, an animal shelter, right? Because they've got holes, they've got torn. And I can't imagine the, the beauty of having a new towel um, instead of something that someone was going to throw out. Um, and especially if you're in such a situation where you're not in a home, you're not, you know, you're taking uh, showers next to, you know, a bunch of other people and having to share a bathroom with 12, 13 other people that are sleeping there too. I think this means so much. So I, you know, I'm constantly overwhelmed by your generosity and by your heart. And I, and I know where your heart is. And I know, you know, because of your story, you, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that you don't know when it comes to dignity and worth, but that's just phenomenal. And I think that there's no reason why we, you know, this is not something magical. It's just stuff. Um, it's, and it doesn't take any kind of special person or special, um, you know, abilities to just say, look, these are our kids and we got to do better by them. Um, and, and you're right. You know, you're right. There are kids and we have to do better. And, you know, and we have the ability to do that, by the way. Yeah. Um, you, we're all put on this earth for one reason, and that, my friend, is to serve. And right. if we're not serving the most vulnerable ones, which are our children, you know, um, what, I, what I really want to see my listeners and viewers do is to, you know, to follow you on TikTok, to donate to you. There's times I see the Amazon packages come that you share on on your social media and it literally makes my heart smile because it's just like i get it i get it i've been people there. want to help they thank want you. to help they just don't know how and thank you. you know thank you that is what i say people want it. to help they just don't know how they don't know what to do well, even stuff like, you know, I say it doesn't have to be anything great. You talk about feminine hygiene products and it is just, it is such a need. And I said, you know, it could start in your community. You can put together feminine hygiene packets and take them to your high school and put them in the bathrooms. Um, and then the girls who maybe don't want to tell anybody that they don't have products at home or that they can't afford it would have access and, you know, would, would have that. And, you know, you can do a drive at your work, um, you're never going to have a, a, you know, child services office go, Oh no, we got too much stuff. Yeah. We got everything kids could possibly need. We don't need anything. And really it just takes asking. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, contact your local foster closet and say, what do you need? Yeah. What do you need? But and also remember though, I, I, I try to remind people all the time, a, a foster closet should not be goodwill. And if you're not going to put your child in that outfit or have their child, don't give it to a child who's in our system. You know, they don't, they don't want your stained t-shirt and your, your stretched outside. They don't, you know, come on. I, you know, take, take a break from the overpriced coffee shop that we all visit, you know, and go to Target, go to Walmart, buy them something brand new. Um, because that to me, I think is something that we need to start gearing more towards. You know, there was a, there was a post that was out not long ago. It went viral and it was about, oh, it's time to clean out your closet of old suitcases and take them down to your local child welfare system. And people ask me what I thought about that. I, I said, I think it's insulting. 
I think it's insulting. It's insulting that you give a smelly, been in your attic, 1930 suitcase to a child who's been traumatized, who is just wanting their own. Um, you know, I, I think we could do better. You could sell that suitcase and then go buy some brand yes. new socks and underwear. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's Facebook exactly. Marketplace is great. You can have a whole yard sale and then take all your stuff that you get from the yard sale and go shopping. For some I nice agree. Stuff. You know, Brittany, as we're winding this down, I'd like to ask you, you know, what what is one particular child that has entered your life that you have for some reason, and I know you remember all of the kids and they all have their own special story, but is there one particular child that you're just like, I can't stop thinking? Um, yes. And um, the child that has had the biggest impact on me was also my most difficult child <laughs> um, that put me through a lot of stress and a lot of worry. Um, and she was actually on the Nick Cannon show with me last month. I was surprised with her coming. She came to me as my only long-term placement and she was 17 years old and had never lived in a foster home. She'd come into the, um, come into the system at 13 and it went straight to group homes and facilities. And that's all she'd ever known. She was 17 years old and I was her first real foster home. And she did everything that people were afraid of teens for absolutely everything right all the all the list of things but I just couldn't get over how amazing this kid was I I saw in her greatness and she ran away from me and you know I I talk about running away a lot in my TikToks and that it is something that you know if you foster teens you may have to to deal with one day and I would go and get her (laughs) When she would run, I would go and get her and she couldn't believe because no one had ever come back and gotten her. Um, but eventually she decided she, she had had enough and she wanted to be on her own. And so for the next year she was on her own and I was so tempted to just be like, I got to just move on. Like, I can't help this kid. I'm just going to move on. But my heart said, nope, nope. She still needs a mama she still needs a mama. And so I started taking care packages to her wherever she was living. I started asking her to go to lunch with me and taking her out for lunch. And we slowly started to build this relationship where she started recognizing that I was being genuine when, you know, she was living with me. And she would say things like, I just didn't know how to live in a family. And I just didn't know how to live in a home. And I didn't, I didn't realize, I thought it was too good and I couldn't do it. I didn't know how. And that child today, um, she aged out in December um, and I was, you know, on the phone with her as she's doing it. And, um, you know, it was her choice completely. But that same child also texted me last week because she got a job after she'd gone and gotten her ID. And she is coming to me um, very soon to get driving lessons because she wants to get her license and she needs somebody to teach her how to drive. So I always say, honestly, the kids who are going to stick out to you are the ones that are going to give you sometimes the most gray hair. But I constantly talk about beauty from ashes, right? This foster care system is ashes. We, I wish we could just burn it all down. 
And sometimes we, we just burn these kids um, through this system. But if you keep pushing love, you keep pushing acceptance, you keep telling them that they're worthy, you keep telling them that they matter, sometimes something magical happens and this blossom comes through and you get a phone call that says, Ma, I got a job. Or you get a phone call that says, can you teach me how to drive? Because even though you had so much difficulty with them and you think, you know, this is just so difficult. When you see that it's trauma, when you see that this is not who this person is and I can see past the trauma and I see who the human is, um, you get to enjoy that human later. Um, And I really think she has been the most impactful child to me. She's coming to my wedding. You know, like this is, this is a lifelong relationship that I will have with her. And I, I will always be a safe place for her to come to. And that's what foster care is, is building relationships and being an adult that they can count on. You know, maybe you don't adopt them. Maybe it doesn't work out. But if you keep pushing love, eventually it comes back. Wow. That's it, everyone. That's it. <laughs> pushing love. And each and every one of us have the ability to do that. I hope that each and every one of you, you know, please find my friend, Brittany, I just have to end this by saying, I love you. And thank you for loving me. Everyone until next time, continue to be a good human. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.